I understand you guys are dealing with heroes of the Old Testament. And so uh, when Phil called me and said, um, that's the, um, the subject we've been dealing with, the first thing that popped into my mind was a woman in the Bible uh, that the NIV calls beloved. And Phil said, well, I'm interested to hear who this heroine of the Bible is. And so we'll be looking at the Song of Songs today, uh, chapter 8, and a couple verses there. But before we do that, um, I want to have a little discussion about uh, the books of wisdom that are in the Bible. You probably know them. If you don't, Job, Psalm, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, Song of Solomon. Five books that are right in the middle of the Bible, kind of in between the history section and the prophetic section of the Old Testament, all of which have some connection with Solomon, the king of wisdom, right? The man who, instead of asking for riches and wealth, asked God uh, to grant him wisdom. And these five books have all been touched by him in some way. Uh, you have to excuse me, I'm not used to... I'm not used to electronics at all where I am. Nothing functions. It's like internet doesn't work and sometimes power doesn't work. It's amazing. To be here a place full of lights is is really cool. And air conditioning. Wow. So, anyway, um, so these five books are very interesting. Almost all of them very surprising. First book of Job is, is a surprising study on a man who follows God with all his heart and yet falls into terrible, terrible suffering. Then the book of Proverbs, which isn't surprising so much, but uh, so if, I was thinking, if you're going to describe Job, it would be the word perseverance, a man of perseverance, right? Uh, the book of Proverbs, not surprising so much, but a book of wisdom. We get that. We would think if I'm going to read the Bible, I'd read a book of wisdom. The book of Ecclesiastes is a book of paradox. If you take... Um, the, uh, uh, the, all the wisdom from the book of Proverbs, then Ecclesiastes stands it all up on its head and asks, how does this wisdom work when everything around me is falling apart? Kind of the questions of Job. And then it ends with this book here, Song of Songs, which is a book about love. So think about it, perseverance, wisdom, paradox, and love. Powerful, powerful things, powerful things working in our lives. But Song of Songs is probably the most surprising book of all. And it starts off like this in verse 2 of chapter 1. Um, I, I don't know if we have our scriptures yet. Yeah, this will be this in just a second, but if you've got your Bible, I'm just going to read this to you just so you get the surprise. Because when you think of love, generally we think of uh, 1 Corinthians 13, love is patient, love is kind. You know, it doesn't envy, it doesn't boast. And this is how this book starts off. Let him kiss me with the kisses of his mouth. That's, I mean, you have to admit, that is startling, right? For your love is more delightful than wine. And verse 4, take me away with you. Let us hurry. Let the king bring me into his chambers. Almost shocking, I would say. And so, so this book is full of surprises And so I want to look at chapter 8, just two verses. I think they're up on the screen now for you. Place me like a seal over your heart, like a seal on your arm, for love is as strong as death. Its jealousy unyielding is the grave. It burns like blazing fire. That's what we sang about this morning, amen? Blazing fire, wow. 
It burns like blazing fire, like a mighty flame. Many waters cannot quench love. Rivers cannot sweep it away. If one were to give all the wealth of one's house for love, it would be utterly, say that word with me, scorned. I think the literal translation, in trampling, it would be trampled down. If someone offered you the wealth of the world for love and you were truly in love, you would trample it and trampling it down. Wow. Very, very powerful. So five statements of this woman, it appears. It depends on your translation. Some people will say it's the man speaking. Others will say the woman, but, woman, but I'll say it's the woman here. And uh, these five statements I'd like to look at this morning because I think that this young woman has understands something that I think many of us in our culture today have lost. The undying passion of true love. Some of us, when we were first, when we first had love enter our lives, when we first met that person, I'll tell you my story. Um, I, you know, I had girlfriends. In fact, uh, one of the cool things about this officer's council was my dad was there, 90 years old, still alive and kicking, and he remembers all my old girlfriends, and he likes to rehearse them in front of my wife. I don't know what that's about. But the one thing I remember about my, all my old girlfriends is I was the kind of guy I liked to, uh, liked to write letters. I liked to have conversations. In fact, one girlfriend said to me, you know, uh, I have my friend Anne. Her boyfriend's all about kissing, and you're all about talking. And she says, and I'd like a little bit more of what Anne's getting. But I, I, in my heart, I just I wasn't open for that. I was looking for discussion. I wanted, really, a companion. I really knew that. So I had a series of girlfriends over the years and stuff like that. I would write letters, and they would never write back. And, and that probably was telling me something. But I went off to Ireland for six weeks, and I had met this young woman at the time. And I was truly smitten, so I wrote the letter. And I waited. And I waited. And I waited. And I waited. And, you know, I kind of got discouraged. And some of my next letters are a little bit snippy in there, you know. Well, the reality is I was in Ireland. She was in, uh, in America, and letters don't quite make it. So I got back from a trip to the continent with my dad. We're, uh, he and I were together in Ireland there. And uh, Mrs. Egan was my uh, uncle's uh, kind of housekeeper, and she knew the story, what was going on. So she knew. She said, John, she said quietly to me, I have two letters for you. So I sat there, you know, they'd handed them to me, and I'm supposed to be at dinner with everybody, and I'm supposed to be eating. The only thing I'm thinking about is what's in that letter. That's the only thing I'm thinking about at all. Mrs. Egan knew that. At 85, she knew what was going on. So finally, I said, can I uh, go upstairs? Would that be all right? I'd like to read my letters. She said, oh, yes, <laughs> like that. I think that Mrs. Egan at 85 still had some of that desire, some of that passion still running around in her, if you know what I mean. You know, so different in today's culture, 50% of marriages end, end in divorce, and, and that's not even to talk about just relationships that we have that just come and go and come and go. And here we see this woman say this, Verse uh, 6, if, you've got, uh, if your Bible open or if you're looking at the screen, place me 
like a seal over your heart, like a seal on your arm. Engrave me, seal me, guarantee me that I am in your heart. Take that public stand. Let there be no other than me in your heart. Wow. It almost gives you goosebumps to think about that. And it's so intimate, it's almost scary, isn't it? That kind of love. Then she says, For love is as strong as death. It's jealousy unyielding as the grave. I was uh, watching the new movie about Brian Wilson last night. It was a real interesting movie. Uh, Brian was a very talented, genius type of person, but at the same time, terrible uh, internal problems, mental problems and stuff like that. And he had a person over him at the time uh, that the movie begins that was destroying his life. And a woman walks into his life and basically she loves him in his death. Does that make sense? She loves him in his death. Her love was stronger than his death. Does that make sense? More unyielding than his death. What kind of love is that? For love is strong as death, it says, but really what it's really saying is love is stronger than death. More unyielding than the grave. We have a son who's an alcoholic. I can tell you, speaking from observation of my wife, she loves him stronger than his death. She believes that despite all of those things, that she will see him in a resurrected state, on this side of life, that he will walk out of that. Everything about him says that won't happen, and yet she believes because love is stronger than death. Amen? Amen. I know, I know that you guys are going to be having a marriage ser- uh, seminar here. Yeah. You know what? If you're not at a place yet where you know that kind of love, you probably, and you're married, you probably ought to go to that seminar. Phil, Phil didn't pay me for that. I'm just telling you right now. <laughs> and here it is. It burns like blazing fire, like a mighty flame. Wow, powerful stuff. This thing here, many waters cannot quench love, rivers cannot wash it away. I have another son, and he was involved in a relationship that truly was messed up. I mean, the girl was a mess, and he was a mess, and together they just were messed up. But when I spoke against the relationship, wow, I was not prepared for the anger, for the, you know, the, the flame that came out that could not be quenched. Now, as, as time progressed, and I think he began to see what was going on, eventually he was able to, re- to leave that relationship because it was unhealthy for both of them. But you know, true love cannot be undone. True love cannot be stopped. There is no, there is no barrier There is no foam blanket for that stuff. In fact, the more you try to stop it, 
the more it rages up. True love. Wow. Do you know that kind of love? Have you experienced that kind of love? I mean, I have to ask myself that. I mean, I have a woman next to me who loves that way. I mean, I see it toward my children and toward me. It's just almost scary. It's so humbling. And this last one, if one were to give all the wealth of his house for love, it would be utterly scorned. We talked about it, trampling, trampling it down. Now, what I'd like to do for just a second, I know we're Old Testament, but I'm a New Testament kind of guy. I don't know if you see this right now, but do you see Jesus in these statements? This woman so many thousands of years ago is actually telling us about the Lord Jesus. Place me like a seal over your heart. Engrave me on your heart. Engrave me on your arm. Well, you know, that happened with Jesus, right? On the cross, his entire body was marked for one reason and one reason alone. He loved the Father and he loved us. He bears on his body the marks of love. He received that to himself, and every one of those cries out, I love you with an undying love. Which takes us to the next one. Love is as strong as death. See, they killed Jesus, didn't they? Right? We all believe that. They killed Jesus. I just read uh, a person's article in the Masro newspaper saying that Jesus really did not die. If there's any, any truth that, that's in the scripture, it's this. Jesus died. And they killed him. The reason they killed him was to stop him. But this woman understands that true love cannot be stopped even by death. Even our marriages, when we, when we say the vows, they recognize the limitation of death until what do us part? Until death do us part. But Jesus says, I don't believe that. Death will not part me from you. And I'm going to prove that now as I rise from the dead. See, what does resurrection say? It tells us about the undying love of God. You can't kill that kind of love at all. It reaches into death and pulls you and me out of death. You know, the Salvation Army since 1865, 150 years, has been saying to people, no matter where you are in life, there is a God who will pull you out of your death. And when you die, he will pull you out of physical death. That is an amazing message. So amazing, many people just can't even believe it. Because it's so unheard of, so unseen. And yet, for those of us who are in Jesus, we see it, amen? We see that happen all the time. 150 years of testimony of the Salvation Army is that Jesus can save you from your sin, can save you from your addiction, can save you from your problems, and give you a brand new life because death cannot stop him. Amen? Wow. I mean, that's an incredible thing. It burns like blazing fire, like a mighty flame. In Revelation, we see Jesus standing there in his full glory. John sees him, and he's so incredibly bright, 
so full of fire that he falls down at his feet as though dead. So powerful. But now we know, what is that fire? What is that fire? It's love. His eyes like blazing fires, his feet glowing like bronze in a furnace. That is an anger and wrath. That is love. That is love. Say it with me. That is love. Why does John fall down at his feet as though dead? Because that kind of love is so powerful, so frightening, that most of us don't have it within our ability to receive it. It's so, it's so powerful. You know, again, in the face of that kind of love, what do you do? You know, there, our brothers and sisters right now, especially in Middle East countries, are under tremendous persecution. Many of them have been killed, beheaded. What, why would they do that? There are ways out, but they won't because something has been birthed in them that says, I will not. I love him too much. I still remember in 168 AD, there's a man named Polycarp. And he, he said, 84 year, 86 years I have served him. He's never done me any harm. Hear my free confession. I am a Christian. They said, uh, we have wild beasts. Bring them. Bring them. I am unalterably resolved not to repent from good to evil. We, have a fu- we will burn you with fire. Your fire only lasts a short time and then it's snuffed out. You're ignorant of the fire that lasts forever. And there's two fires, isn't there? There's the fire of hell, but there is the fire of love. And this is that kind of love. Yeah. I want to look at the last phrase there. If one were to give all the wealth of his house for love, it would be utterly scorned. You know, Jesus did that. The devil brought him to some place and he could see all the kingdoms of the world and their riches. He says, look, all you have to do is just worship me. Just worship me. And all of this could be yours. But there was love. Love for his father. And he just says, you know what? Scripture teaches us, worship the Lord and serve him only. Get away from me. Get away from me. Now guys, when he rejected all of that, he did that for love for the father, but he also did it for us. Amen? He rejected all that the world had to offer because he loved you and me. And so in trampling, he trampled it down. That has no value to me. No value at all if I can't have you in my life. If I can't be with you. What would the wealth of the world be? Jesus said it right. What does it profit a person to gain the whole world and yet forfeit his soul? But think about it. What does it profit a father to work so hard to make so much money and have no relationship with his family? What does that profit? What does that profit? Sometimes we have to take lesser things that we may have a greater love. Sometimes love. I mean, remember... When we were first married, my dad said, all you're living on is love. There are worse things. There are. I have to, so I want to say one little thing about me so I don't sound like I'm, I neglected this 
wonderful person here. You know, when we were engaged, every morning for about six months, I would, get, I would write a letter because now I knew she answered them, you know. So it was, worth the, it was worthwhile writing the letter. So every morning I'd get up, write the letter. I would ride my bike because I didn't have a car at that time. Drop it off on, her, um, on, the, on the window of her car every morning for like six months. got to be exhausting. And I thought, oh, let me just sleep in one day. And, and the thought was, no, if you stop, you'll never start again. So okay, I'm getting up. Okay. Then I would call her every day. And then I would go see her every day. And the fact that we're still married must mean she didn't get bored with me. Amen? So the question that I have for all of us this morning is this. How are we doing? If this is Jesus, he's placed a seal over his heart for us. He loves us stronger than death. His love burns like blazing fire, can't be quenched, and he tramples down all other things. How about us? Is this us? Because surely a love like this deserves to be reciprocated, right? And again, all those letters I wrote over the years, you know, there was... I mean, I was just waiting for somebody to talk to me, for crying out loud. Somebody to write me back. Are you writing him back? Are you saying, thank you? Work that love in me. We sang that this morning. You know, let the fire be there for the world. Yeah? The same love that I experienced. Please do that in me. So that's my question to you this morning. Are you on fire like that? Do you have this kind of love flowing through you? For surely, it's fitting that if he has that kind of love for us, surely we should have that kind of love for him, and then as the song said, and for the world. 